Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Thanks and welcome to the third episode of Quiz the Diz. Last week, we started out with some questions from my buddy Brad. The first one was, how do I best manage talent? And in that, we talked a lot about having a clear vision or purpose, and then the difference between creatives and worker bees. Then his second question was, how do I foster growth in my team members' abilities? And we talked about getting to know them and maybe doing a DISC profile or a GEMS profile or an anagram on them, but getting to know them a bit and what they're good at. And what they're good at is what they can help you grow in. So, Brad, let's go on to your next question. How do I firmly manage but not be overbearing at the same time? (laughs) That's a good one because – firmness in management is something that you feel like you have to do. I mean, it really is. There are just times when, in all honesty, you have to be overbearing. When there's a deadline or a major goal looming, sometimes you have to keep your thumb on it, and that's fine. Your job is to complete the vision or project. That team was put in place to help you achieve that. So, again, go back to clear vision and clear expectation. Well, the problem that you have with that sometimes is that creatives do not like to have a thumb on them. They like plenty of time to think things through. They want to be able to change things. Uh, For instance, I made a decision over the time of COVID uh, lockdown here in Ohio, where we're based, that I was going to learn some new stuff. Okay, so I decided I was going to learn uh, Adobe Illustrator. Now, I use Adobe Audition to do our show with, so I'm kind of familiar with some of the things that Adobe does, but I was really not familiar with Illustrator, and I just wanted to learn something. And I thought, you know, here I am, 59 years old. I want to learn how to do something new, so that's great. So I sat down and started learning it, and the more I did, the more I found out, oh, you don't know anything. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of ways to find things out online, but when I wanted to do certain things, I had to learn all over how to do them. It's as if I was starting something brand new. Well, as a creative, which is what I am, I'm not much of a worker bee. As a creative, I wanted all the time that I needed for that. So there were times that I would sit down and work on a five-minute project and find myself three hours later still learning how to do it better. Well, not that there's anything really wrong with that, but sometimes we don't have three hours to do it. So this is where firm expectation, clear expectation comes in. The question again is, how do I firmly manage but not be overbearing at the same time? Well, you firmly manage and not be overbearing at the same time by having clear vision and clear expectation. Now, I've run into problems before where a leader will say, well, this is, this is what I want and I'd like it by, well, get it to me in a couple of days. Well, listen, a couple of days becomes three, becomes a week, becomes two weeks. I had a young man working for me one time, and I had a, he was a kind of a computer whiz. He liked computers and all that. We had a new piece of software, and it was to run a radio station. It was to run the on-air portion of a radio station. It's called a traffic manager. So it's not about the traffic you're driving in. It's about the traffic of items that come up on a radio station. 
It was a new piece of software. I didn't know anything about it, and neither did he, but he was working overnight and had a tremendous amount of free time overnight that he could just sit and kind of play with it and learn it. I gave him permission to do so, but here's what I said. I want this done by the end of March. And it was about a month. So it was a long time, but I wanted by the end of March. Now, I learned something in that, that that was too long. I needed something quicker than that. I really didn't. But you can't let somebody have too long of a time. I do know of a project, for instance, that went on recently out in Cheyenne, Wyoming. The Union Pacific Railroad, you know I talk about trains a lot. That's really weird. But anyway, the uh, the Union Pacific decided to get a steam locomotive that they had run, the largest steam locomotive ever built in the world. They built, I don't know, maybe a dozen or 15, I don't remember how many they built. But none of them had run since the late 50s or early 60s. And they found one that was in a park in a shed in Southern California, and they pulled it all the way to Cheyenne and tore it down to the very last nut and bolt and rebuilt it. And they had a deadline. Now, their deadline was five years from the time they pulled that steam locomotive into the shop until it had to be running again. I think it was five years. It doesn't matter. It was a long period of time. I was reading their schedule, and they wanted that engine to be available for the Golden Spike anniversary, 150 years since the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad. And so they wanted that engine to be there. So they knew they had to have it ready sometime before that because it had to be tested and so on. So here they are. They're working on the things. They have a year to go, and the guy that's doing it said, yeah, we're about 50% done. And I'm like, wait a minute, 50% done? You've got a year to go. You've had three or five, however many years it was. Why are you only 50% of the way? Well, because on their schedule, they needed to be at 50% by a year to go. So they knew how much time it took. But a lot of times when you don't give a clear expectation to somebody, they'll goof around, especially creatives. And I I know this because I am one, but creatives will wait and wait. We tend to procrastinate a bit or we'll come up with ideas on how to do something better. So you can't just give them carte blanche to do whatever they want to do. You've got to give a good clear expectation that I need this by five o'clock Friday afternoon or or whatever. But going back to this young man, I gave him that much time. Well, at the end of March, he didn't have it done. As a matter of fact, I couldn't tell that he had started on the project yet. So I uh, called in my HR person. I said, what do we need to do? Well, we can't just fire him because he's tried. I'm like, okay. So the second time I did it, I learned a valuable lesson. I was going to give him a month. I still didn't know that that was too long, but I was going to give him a month. But if it was not done on so-and-so date, he'd lose his job. Now I thought, well, that'll start a fire under him. You know what? It didn't. He didn't work on it. He didn't get it done. And the most important thing that I did was that when we reached the deadline and he hadn't completed the project, I let him go. Now he later came back I don't remember as to me or uh, another person in my organization said, boy, that was the best thing that could have happened because it taught me when somebody says to do something, get it done. Right. That's important. Now, what did I learn in that? How did I learn to firmly manage but not be overbearing at the same time? Well, one was the deadlines can't be too far out unless the project requires it. So if there's no possible way to get something done in a month, then you can't say, well, get it done in two weeks. Now, some people do that, and it'll drive you nuts, and it'll especially drive the creatives nuts. The worker bees, they're probably okay with it, 
but sometimes you just cannot get it done without working 90 hours a week. Now, there are times when you have to work 90 hours a week, but that's your norm. That's a bad idea. And so that was the first thing that I learned was don't make the deadline too long. And the second thing that I learned was to make sure that you're checking every few days to see how they're doing. Now, the problem with that is when you're checking every few days to see how they're doing, it kind of seems like you're watching over their shoulder. You got to be careful with the creative. If you're watching over their shoulder, they'll begin to doubt their abilities. If you're watching over the shoulder of a worker bee, they'll feel oppressed and you don't want to do either of those things. So I hope that kind of answers how you firmly manage something, but not be overbearing at the same time. Did you have another question? How do you handle big egos within your company? Well, that is so good. (laughs) Egos are something you have to deal with. Everybody thinks they keep their ego out of things, but in reality, nobody does. Everybody has an ego. Some are just more, um, shall we say, clearly defined than others. Now, I've heard the phrase that ego, E-G-O, means edging God out. Well, my personal belief is we were created in his image, so a corrupt or too selfish ego does edge God out. But the ego was created by God for us to encourage us to go on. How about that? Encourage us to go on. So how do you handle somebody with an ego? Well, we all have them. So you got to be careful that you're not crushing somebody by trying to control their ego. Now, the first thing you've got to do is understand whether they have a fairly common-sized ego, you know, one that's just regular, or if you're dealing with somebody that's larger-than-life ego. Now, you remember earlier I mentioned the DISC profile? I mentioned it in a couple of the podcasts that we do. When you see somebody that's got a high D, which is the first letter, you know that they typically have a large ego. You've seen that a high D is a demanding, driving, and forceful person, typically has a high D. So if you see that, you're going to see somebody that you've got to deal with their ego. Now, you can't send them on their way because a lot of times you need that type of person in your business to help you grow. So how do you handle it? Well, now the larger in life ego is actually easier than the fairly common one. Why is that? Well, because the fairly common ego will be the first one to deny that they have any ego at all. Denial is much harder to deal with than controlling expectations. So you have to control expectations when somebody has a huge ego because a huge ego will tend to override everybody else. So let's go back to the description I gave to the last question. How do you not be overbearing? You get to be not overbearing by being clear with your expectations. That works both ways. So you got to be real clear with somebody that's got a big ego. Listen, I need you to kind of tone it down a little bit. Now, here's the problem that we run into. There are an awful lot of people that hate, hate, hate confrontation. And yet, the only way some things get done is through confrontation. There's a passage in the Bible, believe it or not, where Jesus tells us how to handle that. There really is. And the way that you handle it is you go to them individually and you say, i got a problem. If that doesn't work, take somebody with you. If that doesn't work, take a bunch of people with you. If that doesn't work, they need to be gone. Now, there is some thought. Uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, talks about getting people on the bus and then figuring out where they go. That's true, but you've got to understand you can't bring somebody on the bus and let their ego grow to outside. So you've really got to watch that and you've got to control it. 
But an ego can encourage us to go on during difficult situations. So when you run into a problem that's huge, sometimes the best thing you can do is go to a few of your leaders within your group and say, how would you handle this? So now what you've done is said two things. First, I need your input. And secondly, I'm not sure what to do. So now they feel like they can help you. Again, got to be careful. Got to have clear expectations. But... It can be done. That's a great way to do it. But don't be afraid to confront people. And I've had to do that a few times when my wife and I uh, confront people occasionally when we have to. It's not something we enjoy doing. It's not something we look forward to doing. But there's an occasion when you have to do it. Got a good friend that was not being nice in a situation. And it was a long period of time. It was like weeks and weeks and weeks. It was personal. It involved family. It was just a mess. He finally said something to my wife that was out of turn, out of place. And I just took him aside and I said, stop it. Well, it shocked him because nobody had said stop it. Wasn't the only word I used, but it's the only word I'm going to (laughs) record. And I will tell you what, it turned the situation around. Do not be afraid of confrontation. Be gentle about it and make sure when you're confronting somebody, you're pointing them in the direction of clear expectation and clear vision. So I've answered four questions from Brad over the last couple of weeks. How do you best manage talent? How do you foster growth in your team members' abilities? How do you firmly manage but not be overbearing at the same time? And how do you handle big egos within your company? And every one of them have pointed back to a couple of things. First of all, clear vision, clearly elucidated, written down. Everybody knows it. You can call it purpose, you can call it your mission statement, but it has to be clear and it has to be written down. It has to have clear expectations. And finally, you have to understand whether the person you're dealing with is a creative or a worker bee. So the answers to these may have left you with some questions as well. We have details on how you can ask your questions. And next week, I'm going to answer the question of how do you get a vision? It's easier than you think, but it does require some effort. The Quiz the Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Our website is quizthediz.com or you can reach us at 614-382-2582. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz the Diz. Quiz the Diz.